perhaps you are at a larval stage of development, and one day soon you will grow and change and swim upward into the dark, starry sea of your adulthood. Welcome to the Crypto Naturalist. being poetic here, I'm being literal. A recent study found that nearly a hundred species of bacteria live among storm clouds. Some scientists theorize that the life forms in this lofty biome may play a role in the creation of weather and, more broadly, climate. Many of the recorded species are commonly found in the ocean. Others are typically native to fresh water or soil. Yet, through one means or another, many of them have found an unlikely home 30,000 feet above the ground. You know, it's not terribly easy to live at that altitude. It's typically dry, cold, and there's a punishing amount of UV exposure. But bacteria and fungi go ahead and live there anyway. Heck, we often think of us air breathers as being high and dry compared to our aquatic life-form cousins. But when you get right down to it, we're really walking around in a chemical soup, swimming with all manner of microbes, pollen, and particulates of every description. We're dwelling within our own rich, gaseous sea. Us terrestrial types are merely walking on the sea floor, while there is an entire ocean of sky above us. As you may have guessed by this point, we're taken to the skies on this week's episode. In preparation, earlier this week I took a trip to Montana, the Zeppelin State, as it says on just about all of their highway signs, you can't spell Zeppelin without Montana. Now, rather than scrutinize the truth of that wordy state motto, let's focus on the spirit of it instead. Montana was certainly the place I needed to be to convert my Winnebago Cassandra into a more sky-friendly design. You might be shocked to hear that Winnebago's are, generally speaking, not known for their aerodynamics. In fact, I must have visited nearly a dozen Zeppelin docks before I found a proprietor forward-thinking enough to even humor the idea. Now, that individual wouldn't agree to work on it herself, nor would she let her staff participate on the project. She said something about airworthiness and not wanting to have my death on her conscience. But for a hefty fee, she did allow me to use her facility to complete my modifications. Now, it's fair to say I'm far more accustomed to the natural sciences than to engineering, but I took enough high school shop class that, with the help of an industrious blue jay named Jasper, and a handful of instructive YouTube videos, I didn't have much trouble getting Cassandra ready for the skies. 
So after 45 minutes of diligent work in the Zeppelin shop, I opened up the pneumatic roof on the facility and gained altitude, waving to the warm, incredulous folks who happened to look my way. It was an overcast autumn day, and that big Montana sky was darkening with building thunderheads. It was exactly the weather I needed to witness a miracle of gargantuan atmospheric symbiosis. Hey, speaking of chasing miracles, how about a little poetry? It's time for today's Hidden Lore segment. Today's Hidden Lore segment is two poems from Priyanka Sashidi. Listen to the mournful wails of planets and moons, because who else will? They puppet-string our lives, loves, but what of their loneliness as they treadmill away in that submarine ink sea? Remember, the fish swimming in waters of the Earth's deepest sea are blind. The sun is a distant galaxy, and sunlight, an archaic language to their ancestors, spoke many genes ago. If they can't see, can they be seen? Saturn sends a letter of grief to its moon in a world where there are no postboxes, yet still yearning that its moon will read its words of blood. And a fish goes to sleep, startled into a nightmare of light, waking up in relief into the blessed dark, its home and hope. Parenting the swallow mother is building a nest inside the porch. She dive-bombs intruders, carrying bits of straw missiles in her beak. It is orange, very small, and contains oceans worth of love. She is a mother, after all. The birds of paradise stare blankly from their nest, its haute couture dress of green, drunk on the salt air, hearing the invisible waves pound the distant shore, never seeing the sea, having to imagine it. Does it have wings, too, bringing sounds in its beak? Look how they burn, these fires of flowers. The garden was empty, but now they have the swallow mum to talk to, and they don't feel lonely anymore. Shut out by the shuttered window that nobody ever opens, the flowers no one waters, leaving it all to the sun and rain. These poems play with the tension between vast spaces and living, intimate moments. The moon, the sea, the sleep of fish, the thoughts of a swallow returning to her nest. The effect, for me, is to contextualize small, seemingly fragile lives within the world of immeasurable seas and unthinkable distances. There is a feeling here of both hope and isolation, the strange uniqueness of being a living thing in such a massive, mysterious universe. Just beautiful. Priyanka Sashidi is a writer based in Bangalore, India. Raised in Oman and educated in the United Kingdom, she has been published in Guardian, Art Slant, The Establishment, Gulf News, and Brown Book, among others. She is presently an editor at Mashallah News. Her literary work has appeared in various journals and anthologies. She tweets at Priyanka Sashidi 1. A collection of her writing can be found at priyankasashidi.contently.com.
Like most Winnebago's, Cassandra has a pressurized cabin, substantial oxygen reserves, and a sophisticated climate control system standard. So, once lift and propulsion were accounted for, we were off to the races. Well, not racing so much as rising steadily into a churning storm. Buffeted by wind and rattled by the staccato impact of hailstones. I held my weathered fingers over the dashboard vents to warm my joints, and I breathed deep that sharp ozone smell of the storm. I fiddled with my modified fish finder on my dash, and the bright green screen came to life. I had to make some adjustments for the scale I had in mind. Plus, I wasn't seeking a fish in water. I was seeking a fish in the air. Well, not exactly a fish. As I rose into the blind gray of the clouds, my fish finder chirped. Off to the north, it showed a huge, shark-shaped blob of darker green, making lazy circles in and out of the range of the sensors. The wind was alive and kicking in Cassandra's steering wheel, but I wrestled us into a northerly heading and kept gaining altitude. The windshield grew lighter, and soon I found myself in an in-between place. The storm raged below me, but gauzy clouds rushed by overhead, light grays above dark grays. As soon as my eyes adjusted to the light, I saw it, and it was everything I had hoped. A storm shark, bigger than a dozen city blocks, more mountain than animal, half meteorological phenomenon and half living creature. It rose up out of the storm below like a breaching whale, and I saw it plainly silhouetted against the lighter clouds above. Its body was made of a dark, dense cloud vapor that carried hints of midnight blue. The length of its body, and especially its dorsal fin, seemed to be stitched through with lightning that pulsed and strobed at regular intervals. Its wide, gaping mouth was broad and seemingly toothless, reminding me of the gentle whale shark, the largest fish in the sea. Through the work of other crypto-naturalists, especially Cat Stone and Valentina Blackwood, we know that the storm shark isn't actually a single animal. It's a collection of cloud-dwelling bacteria and fungi that have adapted to life in the sky and formed a symbiotic bond, creating a composite animal under the right weather conditions. The storm shark grazes on other microbes in the storm and seems to harvest electrical energy as well, though the mechanism through which it harnesses lightning is still an utter mystery. I halted Cassandra's ascent and simply watched the colossal creature, a team effort of millions of tiny lives coalescing into a wonder of the natural world. The storm shark just kept circling, silent, impossibly large, both a part of the storm and distinct from it. I lost track of time. The storm continued. At some point, the sun set, and I was left staring at nothing more than a vague shape lit intermittently by a flash of lightning. 
The storm moved on, and I was left to wonder if the shark moved on with it or simply dissipated, returning to the water cycle until another chance to manifest presented itself. I tell you truly, listeners, I missed that creature immediately. Though I have no doubt that the storm shark will continue to swim through my memories, just as strange and vivid as the first moment I saw it. I can see it now. Until next time, remember, we're all strange animals, so act like it. is written and performed by Jared K. Anderson. Our theme song is Banished Misfortune, played by Andrew Collins. For more information about Andrew's music, visit andrewcollinstrio.com. For information on how to submit poetry or prose for the Hidden Lore segment, visit the About section of cryptonaturalist.com. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter at CryptoNature. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Stay curious, stay wild, stay weird.